0: Our next guest is Bobby Ying. Bobby is a photographer and video creator who started making videos during the summer of 2019. I follow him closely on his Facebook page and YouTube and luckily during the beginning of 2020 he agreed to sit down and chat to give some of his ideas that he had planned for 2020. This of course was before during COVID-19 and everything so um, I had I didn't upload our chat but I wanted to share this in the light of all the things that's going on in the world right now so uh, without further ado, give it up for Bobby Yang. Four, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? My name is Tang, and I am your host of the Tang Podcast. Yes, this is still a work in progress. Uh, I think last episode was back almost two years ago with Satao. Uh, my guest today is Bobby Yang. Uh, Bobby, are you there?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Hey, Bobby. So, sorry for the technical technical difficulties earlier, but um, uh, okay. good. <laughs> okay. Um. Mm. So, uh, thanks. Thank you again. Thank you so much for uh, your time. I know you you had a little short time here, but um, I just wanted to kind of catch up with you. I know you were on a uh, your Bali trip, and then um, you doing some YouTube stuff. So I saw you, and I just wanted to do a little short podcast with BSL. Uh, yeah sure just, <laughs> so thank you so much for your time um so before we start do you want to just in, kind of introduce yourself
1: yeah sure um so hey everyone my name is Bobby Yang uh if you don't know Tang is actually technically my uncle so uh, <laughs> yeah, but we true. grew up we grew up together so I mean it's it's all love um but yeah no I am 23 years old I am a, an aspiring videographer and a hobbyist photographer but that is kind of what been what's been occupying my time. I've been like Tank said, I've been traveling recently and uh just kind of settled down back in the US now for a bit until my next trip. But just trying to find different ways to challenge myself creatively, like videography wise and photography wise, and just try to get better each and every day. All right, that's
0: that's awesome here. Do you consider yourself what would you call yourself? A Facebooker or is
1: that a YouTuber? <laughs> I don't to be honest, I don't consider myself anything. I just consider myself like a regular guy that just posts videos about what he's feeling and talks about different things i like like i like I tell everyone like I'm just a regular guy like i don't I don't know like some people that on some of my videos say like oh they're so inspirational and stuff, but yeah. I'm just saying what I'm thinking you know it's not really it's not really geared towards anyone like honestly, it's really just what's on my mind and I just say it. Like, um, so based on your, like your Facebook page and then like your YouTube page, have
0: you seen, feel like your reach has reached out more on like Facebook or like YouTube? Oh yeah.
1: Facebook for sure. Just cause I think Facebook is so, so easy to share. Um, yeah. versus YouTube is more like mainstream. It's definitely for the bigger content creators. Um, YouTube is just cause you know, it's a, it's a much bigger platform on, on YouTube. Like cause specifically when you go on YouTube, what do you do? It's to watch stuff, right? versus facebook you go to catch up and see what everyone's been up to it's not necessarily to consume content so i mean Mm -hmm. the majority of the bigger content creators are on youtube but i mean everyone's got to start somewhere right and i don't know if you watch like gary v but gary gary v (laughs) he posts to every social media platform oh yeah dude to just get exposure so i think that's a that's something that you know if you are aspiring in whatever your creative field is videography photography graphic design whatever just if you're just trying to make a name for yourself a brand i think you have to do what gary does and utilize as many social media platforms as you can have you tried doing like short videos to post on like your other like
0: facebook pages or like not i guess not facebook page but maybe do you have, to have like a instagram page to start doing that stuff or you plan to maybe do that
1: yeah i plan to like like i said right now currently probably facebook And YouTube are number one and two. Instagram, I have one, but that one's kind of mostly just for, like, photos and whatnot. I haven't started posting many videos on there yet, but plan to. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, no, like you said, just using more social media platforms to kind of get out there more. Okay. But, no, yeah, I definitely plan to. Okay.
0: Okay, so I guess the the people who guys don't know really know about you. I know you kind of just, I know I just saw your YouTube uh, page earlier. You actually just made a video about yourself but uh mm-hmm. kind of, Carl, do you want to just let like the other people who don't know you like uh, what were you doing prior to you know videography photography what were you doing before that
1: yeah so for the last two almost three years i was a software analyst uh for so i graduated college 2 years ago my senior year of college i was a product software analyst for sap which is a pretty big international company mm-hmm. um i was doing that as an intern and you know, I, I thought it was something that I would be okay doing. And then I transitioned after I graduated. I got a job working for Michaels Corporation, which is a construction company as a business software analyst. And basically, to summarize what I did, um, long story short, is I would go out and review different software applications and see if they could benefit our company and make us more productive, save us, make make us more cost effective, mm-hmm. things like that. Bring that back to my boss and say, "Hey, I think this would work. Let's inv- let's do some more research into it." And then I would take like two to three month long projects to research this specific application and decide at the end, "Hey, I think we should go with it," or "Hey, I I don't think we should. I don't think it'll provide value." Um, and then we just go from there. And it was kind of just a rinse and repeat cycle. Yeah, and it was fine. Like I did a lot of traveling. Um, like I traveled to all over the U S like Seattle, Houston. Um, it was, it was, it was really fun, but I, I just kind of got worn out, you know? And I was like, you know, I'm 23 years old, don't have a wife or family, anything like that to mm-hmm. like, that depends on me. I was like, you know, I I've, I've lived by the book, you know, for these last 23 years, I've done everything parents have said to do, go to school, graduate college, get a job. And I just kind of wanted to take a year off of myself. And just kind of let loose and, you know, figure out what I really want to do. And this is kind of just what I want to try. And yeah, I've earned the capability to try this because I've worked full-time for the last two years, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's kind Pre- of what, like, I, what I've been doing.
0: Yeah, so, like, I know, especially with us, like, and you guys don't know, uh, Bobby and I are Asian. <laughs> and then with most Asian parents, I mean, that, oh, yeah. that's the traditional route where, you know, we... Uh, find a job that's you know gonna last us for a while, and then like get kids. Uh, I'm mean, gonna like get a wife, get kids, and then you know pretty much start settling down afterwards. So, I mean, I was I was just kind of curious, like, what was that thought process? Like, you wanted just to get out of that, you know, that trend or like that, that line where you you like. I mean, I just want to do something else.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's not necessarily to kind of escape the trend because it's a it's a perfectly good trend. It, it, you know like just it's the safe route is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like. A, it, it's like um you know it's the safe route it's what majority of people do graduate college get a, a nine to five or eight to five whatever the case is and play the safe route for the next 40 some years till they retire at 60 and or 65 and that's you know there's nothing wrong with that you know ultimately if not if the, if it doesn't work out for me you know i always have my my it degree to fall back on and two, three years of experience to fall back on. And like I said, I think the biggest thing is when, when you're young, like us, you have the ability to risk things. You have more ability and more leeway to try riskier things, especially when you don't have a family, you know, wife and kids, depending on your income, things like that. You can afford to travel the world. You can afford to go skydiving. You can afford to do all these things that, you know, are more limited when you, aren't when you are uh, in a relationship or in a you know dependent uh, relationship where someone depends on your income and depends on you to be there versus that's yeah. not the case for me
0: yeah so like um i guess did you get any like i don't know the asian feedback or like um that you shouldn't be doing this thing where you know you go out and travel where you want to go out and travel and then, like um uh, you know start doing this photography which you know which i actually think it is pretty inspiring to see you do like, like all this stuff, and it's like inspired me to to get into more my creative field. Like, yeah, you get
1: any feedback from that. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, like, obviously, you know, my parents, like, yeah. telling them that <laughs> I was going to quit my my good paying job. Of course, they weren't on board. they were like, no, like that's ridiculous. But <clears throat> after just talking to them slowly and just slowly convincing them with every conversation, they came to the conclusion that you know what. If this is something you really want to try, really want to do, go for it. <clears throat> yeah. I'd ra- the, the one thing that my mom said specifically, she was like, I remember, she said, I'd rather you try it now um, than five, six years later when you have a wife and a kid that depend on you. So that's, <laughs> that's it, the big thing.
0: And pretty much like regret, like not doing it. I mean, like, exactly. You, I mean, okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that's yeah. pretty awesome that your mom said that. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, when you do it now, when I mean, you don't have you know independence, like you said earlier, I mean, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Um, and
1: they've been great. Like my parents, you know, them, like they're, they're a little more open-minded in regards yeah. to, um, you know, these kinds of things, trying different things, riskier things. Like, uh, you know, my sister, Annie, she moved to New York city. Obviously they weren't, they were like, you know, why, why, why? <laughs> but she, you know, she took some convincing and uh-huh. look at her, she's in New York city now. So so yeah it's... i mean that's pretty
0: much a big risk i guess like or not risk for like something big for at least most families where like you know families everything they want everyone nearby
1: so yeah it's out like, of the almost, norm
0: yeah mm-hmm. so i mean that's pretty awesome. but um so kind of let get into like video and photography kind of field um but, so mm-hmm. what inspired you to get into that like what did you like get into and that that's how you <clears throat> you don't want to start doing a videography and photography
1: yeah so way back when when i first got inspired it was like the OGs from YouTube, like Niga Higa before he got big, Kev Jumba. Those guys were like my day one inspirations. I remember watching like their their super old classic YouTube videos. And I was like, wow, these guys are awesome. They're relatable. And I think the big thing for us being Asian Americans is like, hey, they look like me. You know, like when you're like 10, 11, you don't think too much about it. Like as far as the race card and much, but you're just like, wow, they kind of look like me. And they talk about things that I talk about, like anime and girls and all this stuff. And they're <laughs> funny and it's just definitely relatable, you know? Yeah. And once I got older, um, I would say like Wong Fu productions, they made a bunch of skits too, about like girls, romance, comedy sketches. And that was really relatable. And ultimately that's kind of one of my near future goals would be to make a short film. Um, yeah. like, like, like what they start off as, uh, they started off just making a bunch of little small skits and then just, they blew up, and now they're actually a full, ongoing company. So, those would like, definitely that? be, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, like, do you have any, like, ideas, like, are you you're kind of coming in the back of your mind, like, kind of having a little small ideas and wanting to do, like, like, a short skit like that?
1: Oh, yeah, I've actually got, like, two scripts uh, oh. in writing right now. So like... oh, yeah? yeah so like've been, I've been just dabbling around and like I've talked to some of my friends about it too, and I said, hey, you know if I need an actress, I need to I, I might I might hit you up and like stuff like that. and yeah, we'll see, but no, I've got like two scripts written up. Um, one is just about done, the second one is just just beginning, but yeah, like I've definitely got scripts. It's just I want warmer weather so we can go out and film and yeah. I have friends like I have I have girl friends that are that like they're like oh yeah like i'm down to be an actress like i'm not i've never acted but i'm down I'm like, okay yeah awesome and then as far as like guy actors like i don't know like if anything i can just be that i can just be the main actor but if there are guys that want to try you know give it a try then sure but i think the big thing for convincing guys is like i don't know if you remember wong Fu productions and their first few skits but they were their own actors uh-huh. um until they started getting popular and people are like, oh, okay, you know what? I want to try and being in their short film. So uh, that's probably one thing I'll have to do is be my own main actor for a bit. Yeah. Um, and then if people want to jump on board, I'm more than down. But I need to show them that I'm capable of actually making something decent, <laughs> halfway decent.
0: That's pretty awesome. I mean, I'll probably be looking forward to that. So uh, hopefully in the future, you know, we can start doing that um okay and then I kind of want to just go uh, over your volley trip I mean how was that I mean uh, I know I haven't smoked to you since then but um kind of just go over like your volley trip like how how was that experience like
1: yeah so first first thing definitely like it was an amazing experience but it was also terrifying at the same time like yeah big thing was you know you for it was my first international trip so going through customs and all that stuff was like so it was like i was so I had so much anxiety, like I was so scared <laughs> and all this stuff, and getting all the big thing too was getting all my my camera gear through yeah. all airport like all of that stuff, regulations and all that stuff because I had my my big my big camera it was like really big, and then I had my drone and I had my gimbal and my laptop, so like I had a bunch of stuff, my entire backpack was probably like. 30 pounds and carrying oh, that so, like it was heavy yeah and I only brought that carry on too because I wanted it everywhere with me I didn't want to bring an extra bag so yeah I stuffed everything in there clothes everything so yeah basically I was living living out of a backpack for like three weeks but I mean overall the trip was really good I I got a lot of time to just think about what I really want what I want to do and just reflect on life because like I'm I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that's likes to see things as half full and like be more appreciative of what I have than what I don't. So, you know, that Bali trip just allowed me to isolate myself from the world and really appreciate everything that I've done up to that point and continue to strive to do. So it was really good. Honestly, I would recommend that uh, everyone around their twenties take at least one solo trip, like just one solo trip. I don't care if it's, you know, a day to Chicago or whatever, just a solo trip to just, relax and you know if you can't afford to do an international solo trip by all means do it because it was it was really good and the big thing is just you know breaking out of your comfort zone because i think oftentimes we can get stuck in a zone where we're comfortable we're doing the same things over and over and you know we refuse to break out of that comfortability
0: yeah so i mean like how, how was it like traveling by yourself i mean like i mean i know you had your camera to kind of like give your experience to us when you were like doing your videos but like how was like traveling by yourself like that like just being a sense of like without anyone to kind of tell you what to do but you just go and do whatever you want for like the, the Mali trip
1: yeah basically like you said you just go do whatever you want um and I think a, a big thing for me was learning how to just be alone like you said not having anyone to talk to anything like that <clears throat> that was a big big thing that I had to transition to was just being alone, doing whatever I want was nice, eating whatever whenever I wanted was nice. Not basically, basically not running on anyone's schedule other than my own was really, really nice. But like I said, the biggest thing that I had overcome was just learning how to be by myself. And I think, you know, a lot of people should, I think that's a good skill is to learn how to be by yourself. That way you're, you're more appreciative of when others are there and you're not Mm -hmm. dependent on them. Yeah
0: um so did did you like how did you plan that trip out i mean like i know you said you were there for like how long like a week and a half or Uh, almost three
1: weeks almost almost oh shoot yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: how did you i guess like how did you plan that out i mean like did
1: you know what you were gonna do in bali or like did you just kind of kind of go with it so i actually planned a lot so that's that's one big thing uh, that yeah some people might not know is like if you're gonna do a long international trip you need to do a lot of research so i did a lot of research I had everything planned as far as my housing situation. Figured out how I was going to get to place to the place. They basically, so when I was over there, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, Asian countries nowadays use Gojek, and that's basically the the Asian the Asian version of uh, Uber. So, oh, like, really? <laughs> yeah. So it was really nice, really affordable, um, and it's really easy to use. So like, you link up obviously your your payment payment uh, options, and then just click it, just like you would Uber or Lyft. Say, hey, I want to go here um and then they just take you to and from you don't have to worry about paying them taxis or anything like that so that was really nice that yeah. took because that was my biggest question was transportation exactly um, <laughs> yeah but that was really nice to know that they had that um and then I planned which cities I was going to be in for how long like when I first got into the, to Bali I was in um I was in Jakarta and that was about two three nights or two nights well, three days And then I just planned, you know, Hey, I'm going to head to Ubud. Hey, I'm going to head to, you know, whatever the next city was that I had on my list and just go from there. So I did definitely have, I had my days structured, like my, my week, uh, my entire trip structured, but my day to day, like, you know, when am I going to eat? When am I going to do this? That I kind of winged that. So like when I was in Ubud, I didn't plan to go to the monkey forest, but it was, since it was close, I was like, hey let's go to the monkey forest if you know i was close to the rice fields i'd say hey i'm gonna go explore the rice fields and fly my drone so but i definitely structured my trip just so i know i knew where i was where and where i was gonna be that day
0: that's pretty awesome um so okay so yeah so you've been actually you've been obviously doing this a little bit for a while now, just in photography and vlogging for a bit like do you kind of have like your own like structure or like
1: mindset of how you approach your videos or like Oh, you just kind of, like, rolled it, too? <laughs> no, so I, I have been kind of trying to formulate my own style, and I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that, you know, obviously when you start vlogging or anything with, you know, a camera, you kind of just pick it up and go and yeah. shoot and do whatever. But what I'm trying to kind of – I'm trying to kind of refrain from that because um, it's kind of, like, all over the place. Like, you know, one one second I might be, I don't know, doing something. The next second I'm doing something else, and it just doesn't really correlate. So Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to kind of get into more um, of a storytelling, you know, even with vlogging, like trying to tell a story from the start. So when I wake up or something, go, you know, what am I doing that day to how I want to end it. And ultimately the big thing about storytelling with vlogging is what message do you want to get across in that video? Whether it's a five minute video, a one minute video, what is the message you want to get across? You know, is it, oh, you woke up in Bali and you went to see the monkey forest and monkeys were trying to steal your camera and you had to <laughs> you know, protect your camera from it, stuff like that. Um, just trying to get a story in there and and put more of myself into my vlogs. I think that's one thing that I need to start doing more is – and that's one thing I wish I would have did more in Bali. Yeah. is uh, Bali, I kind of focused more on the cinematics, you know, try to get really yeah. cool shots. And I didn't really yeah. put myself in there as much. But also, then again, it's very difficult to film yourself when you're, you know, obviously traveling alone. But um, yeah, that's one thing I want to try and incorporate more is um, film myself more and incorporate myself more into my cinematics and my vlogs and just tell a story. You know, this is the story of when Bobby was in Chicago. I just recently got back from um, recording my my buddy's proposal in Chicago. So I'm going to, I've all that and kind of just want to tell a story, hey, we went to Chicago to record my buddy's vlog or my buddy's proposal, and it was super fun, super vibrant, and super awesome experience. Just something like that. So just kind of tell a story along with my vlogs. Uh huh. So um, kind, of, kind of transition to that. So
0: I know, did you like look into like videography? Like, did you like know like the tech behind it? Um, give us like, kind of like your one like photography one-on-one.
1: Like, how do you? How did you figure out like which camera did you want to use and things like that? Yeah, so definitely, definitely did a lot of research back in 2000, 2016, 2017, when I bought my first camera, which was actually the Panasonic Lumix G7. Um, okay. The big thing was because I wanted 4k because obviously everything's transitioning to 4k resolution. Um, yeah. And that was my first camera. To be honest, I didn't really know too much about the technicals, like, you know, shutter speed, aperture, ISO, anything like that. It wasn't until two thousand Uh, 2017 2018 where i really did a lot of research and i was like you know what i'm gonna go all in on videography and photography so i'm gonna do a lot of research and obviously there's a a lot of big name companies out there canon sony nikon um, very competitive brands all great all great uh, camera companies but i ultimately decided to go with sony because i am personally a videographer first photographer second so Sony's camera, the, their Sony a7 III line was more appealing to me. They had more video features. And the biggest thing was it's better in low light. So um, you can, the the video quality is not as grainy as what we call it. Uh, there's more information in the actual footage um, to, you know, play around with, change the colors, things like that um, in my Sony a7 III than there are, were you know, in some of the Canon cameras. And also it goes back to price too. It was, yeah, um, it wasn't going to break the bank, but it also wasn't cheap, Um, but it was just a good balance. And, you know, whatever you, whatever you start with, whether it's, you know, an iPhone camera, ultimately it's learning how to hone in on your craft. I would say hone in on your craft first and then focus on the, the gear later, but definitely sooner or later, your gear does catch up with you and you do need to invest. Uh, in gear. <laughs> Have you invested a lot there, I'm assuming? Yeah, I have. And, you know, you know me. Like, I, honestly, I, <laughs> I don't really spend too much money on things. I'm not a very materialistic guy. Yeah, um, The only things I really spend it on is, like, sporting events, like Packer, Packer tickets, Buck tickets, things like that, or, like, apparel, like uh, sports apparel, things like that. Um, you, know, I, you know, I like to work out and stuff, too. So just some athletic clothing. But other than that, I'm not too big on spending. I just save, save, save. So last three Three years and all, actually all throughout college. I just saved money and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to invest in myself and see what I can do. And surprisingly, you know, just recently it's it's been paying itself off. I've been getting a lot of, you know, uh, gigs on the side, you know, like shooting my buddy's proposal in Chicago and just making side money from that. You know, he covered hotel travel expenses and then paid me a, a good chunk of change too to record that and then just getting some oh, yeah. couple a couple of photography gigs too on the side. Um, you know, on my Facebook page, I'm not branded as like a photographer or like, you know, I don't really, I don't really come out and say, Hey, I have videography, I don't ha- I have videography services available. I don't really uh-huh. say that. Um, but it's cool that some people have been reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, I see you make videos. I see you take photos. What's your rate and can we figure something out? So I have just been taking out some side gigs to make some cash while yeah. I'm in the U S so it's That's been cool. paying off. Yeah, because I was I
0: actually was just going to ask because I remember you had did that Oshkosh video. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It was like that big uh, public event. I mean, did you like, did they actually reach you out or did you kind of
1: just volunteer to do that work, kind of work? For them yes. Or... So in the beginning, if you are a videographer, photographer starting off, you will learn that you need to reach out to all these companies. Yeah. So you need to reach out to whatever these events that you want to uh, capture are. And the big thing is, especially when you have no experience and no portfolio, like I did, I didn't have (laughs) anything, you know, I was like, I'm just starting off, please take a chance on me. And, you know, I didn't say that in the email, but I was like, hey, I'm an aspiring (laughs) videographer, photographer looking to expand my professional portfolio. If you need any services, um, I'm willing to offer them at at no expense. You know, just try to make yourself sound professional and presentable. And then they luckily responded and said yeah hey you know we'd love to have you here are two tickets blah blah blah, to come record our event and the next thing you know i record i was recording a bunch of events from there and you just build upon that you just build upon that portfolio and just go from there and obviously you know big thing is when you are starting off you're gonna get a lot of no's but it just takes a couple yeses to get you going
0: yeah like do you actually reach out to a few companies when you first started like that like you just kind of just see whatever public events were there and then like can I just reach out to like the organizer like hey can I just try it out or like
1: yeah yeah so mm-hmm. yep so you reach out to the to the whatever the email is on the on the website or whatever email you see and then they'll more than likely direct you to the public or uh, public relations person and they'll send you to their marketing person and you'll probably get thrown all over the place but once you find <laughs> the right person you need to talk to um you just let them know hey I'm looking to expand my, you know, portfolio, yada, yada. Let me, let me see if I can, you know, photograph or record this through a video and get, make a video video for you guys. And the big thing too is, is telling them, you know, it, it sounds, it sounds, sounds uh you know, weird, but telling them that, Hey, you're going to do it for free. But you know, if you don't say that, they're going to, they're going to be like, okay, well, if you have no, if you have nothing to show any past experience to show me, we're not even going to bother. But if you say, you know, I'm willing to do it for free, it, it catches their eye. So they'll be like, okay, well, if you're willing to do it for free, then we'll take a chance on you. Here are two tickets to whatever the event is, come record it. And then if you do really, so what I like to do is I like to get there early and absolutely just record as much as possible because you never, you never can record enough. Um, Yeah. So I had hours and hours of footage condensed it into a two, three minute video of (laughs) the best footage. Yeah. And then I sent it to them and they're like, wow, this is really good. Like, we'd love to compensate you. And I was like, whoa, cool. Compensate me. Like I, I did this for free. Like I was thinking that in my head, I was like, Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So they, they asked me like, Hey, what's, what's an address that we can send the check to. And I was like, Oh, wow. Awesome. And then next thing you know, they sent me a check for 100, 200. Um, and that's kind of how you start off. And yeah. so you, what I like to say is promise them that you, or tell them that you're going to do it for free. And just absolutely kill it, just absolutely kill the video, and then you know if they don't pay you, that's fine, but if you still kill it and do really good, they'll be like, "Hey, this guy's you know not bad, so maybe we'll we'll reach out to him again for another event, something like that so
0: that's yeah, pretty awesome experience um, so I know you kind of like briefly mentioned your packer you're a packer fan right uh, yeah. Did you actually follow up with it? I know you were gone for a bit, but like, uh, did you actually follow the Packer fan, like the Packers uh, season this year at all? Yeah, I did.
1: <laughs> I have. You know me. I'm a diehard, diehard <laughs> Wisconsin. I have been following them. I haven't like I haven't watched all their games because I've been so busy. Yeah. But I've definitely followed. And you know, Monday. Like, so um, now that I'm back in the U.S., I've been. You know, I've been. I'm back. To, I'm back to working out a lot. And like when I'm on the treadmill, I'll just watch. You know, ESPN or mm-hmm. you know fox sports and like all these broadcasters talk about them and you know packers have been uh, i don't know we're 13 <laughs> and three right we're 13, yeah, 13 and three, three but i was telling my dad i was like it feels like we're like nine and seven or like yep. some ten and six like we don't feel that, like a dominant 13 and three team so, yeah i, know. I don't like, know we'll
0: see so yeah i talked to my brother but like we talked about argue about it all the time like he's always saying, too, like, hey, man, they don't feel, like, yeah, I feel the same, to I mean, like, they don't feel like a good team that could actually, like, reach it, you know, like,
1: they've right. been only
0: squeezing through, like, every, almost every game this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched it, but, like, man, like, during the end of the season, like, Rogers, like, I felt like Rogers was so off, like, I don't know what is going on with them, but, yeah. like, he's
1: missed his easy throws, and it just kind of, like, makes me furious, but
0: <laughs> I right. don't know if you've
1: seen that, but. No, I have, I've seen a lot of highlights where he just, <laughs> He's a couple he's like he's just kinda off and I think it has to do with the receivers too. He's doesn't have yeah, the great yeah. repertoire with the receivers and other than Devontae, obviously. But like Jimmy Graham's been a shell of himself.
0: Stuff like that. He's <laughs> yep. just
1: like, Man, we need some help other than Devonte and Aaron Jones.
0: Yeah, I, I remember like when he first came in he, like the off season was like always like talking about him, but he hasn't done much but
1: um mm. so
0: I know I only have a little bit more time with you, so um and I wanted to get over like how you've been working out, things like that. But um, I kind of remember when I asked uh, one of the like, previous interviews with Satel, um, kind of just like your thoughts. I mean, I, I feel like, so what are your thoughts on like the first, second generation kids like us? You know, what do you think like how the Hmong culture is like kind of like, like kind of switching out, like kind of changing their ways? Like how do you think we, we can kind of keep the old ways of like the elders and things like that? Like, turn yeah. into Hmong culture and things like that?
1: Yeah, honestly, you know, in my personal opinion, and you know my family, like, you know, yep. very traditional, things like that. I think it's going to come down to the the specific individual, right? So, you know that my dad knows all Hmong culture. You know, he, he teaches exactly. people, stuff like that. But am I going to adopt that way of living? Um, you know, I don't think I'm going to be that extreme. Um, I would yep. love to learn it, you know, whenever I get, you know, whenever I get the time to. I would love to learn, you know, a lot of it, not all of it, to be honest, um, but I would love to learn a lot of it just so I can pass it on to my kids and they can go on from there. But it comes down to the individual. And I've talked to my parents about this. Like our Hmong generation is going to be very different. There's going to be a lot of people that want to practice and continue to learn Hmong culture. And there's going to be the other side. That's going to be, you know, it's too time consuming. It's too much effort. There's going to be those guys and those girls that are like, you know, I don't want to practice it anymore. And I've actually already seen a good amount of, you know, family members, you know, some that are traditional convert mm-hmm. over to Christianity. I don't know if you, you've heard about that, but like, I've, I've, I've I've seen family members convert over to Christianity just because, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with Christianity. I, I don't have a problem with but, that. I don't, yeah. I don't know too much about it, but um, as far as speaking on behalf of our religion, um, shamanism, yeah. shamanism, um, it, it does take a lot of work, but you know, it's, it's, it's our roots, it's our culture. And I think it comes down to the specific person to keep it going. So like, if I, if I want to continue to learn it and keep it going, I will, if if I'm a person that doesn't want to, and thinks it's too, too much effort, I'm not going to, so it's going to depend on the person entirely. Um, and it's going to be up to them to see if they want to continue to pass on because, you know, like it, it's, it's unfortunate to say, but when our parents are gone and grandparents yeah. and things like that, it's, it's on us. It's on us to, to whether or not the Hmong culture continues to grow on or not. So me personally, I would love to, not to the extreme, not to the extreme levels that my dad practices it, but I would love mm-hmm. to know a lot about it
0: yeah i mean that's pretty awesome here because like i know like over here especially for me like i have pretty much like i feel like i've pretty much lost all my with like, like the shamanism things like that like how the monk culture is mm-hmm. i've i pretty much was well, just focused on the the work life and then like that's pretty much it and you know come back home and then you just kind of work with your family things like that right and right. then like you kind of just lose that you know that that monk culture because like you know you don't really deal with it as much either so like and then I'm like, I'm losing my own culture. I mean, language too. Cause I mean, uh, I'm hardly ever home now too, so it's yeah. kind of hard to like keep it. So I'm just curious, like, you ever? That's why I just wanted to ask you, like, um, how you, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? But, uh, yeah. so, um, I think before I let you go, I kind of want uh the listeners to know what you're up to and what uh where they where they where they can find you, uh, what they, uh, what they should be expecting to see from you in the future if they follow you.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, like Tang said, kind of what I've been up to is just taking on some side gigs for videography and, um, photography while also trying to plan personal videos too. I've kind of been lacking on slacking on uh, personal videos. So probably push out a couple, um, within these next few weeks, um, just to kind of keep you guys updated with what I'm doing in my life. But yeah, you guys can reach me at, on, on YouTube. I'm just Bobby Yang. Um, on there on instagram you can reach me at bobby yang 27 and on facebook you can reach me at bobby z p yang all right awesome so um, that
0: um, that's pretty much it i mean i want to thank, i just want to thank you so much for your time i know i take you like probably 30 minutes of your time here I i you got no you're good, you're good you're yeah, good all right so um, that's pretty much it uh thank you uh those listening, um, I hope you guys had a good year. Actually, yeah, a good twenty twenty in this century. Yeah, happy New Year! <laughs> so, happy New Year, everyone. So um that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you guys have a good one.